Hello dear listeners and welcome to part 7 of Tea with Trouble where we start chapter 4. We now have all the major players of this lovely book and I hope you already know which one is my favorite. Um, there is some reason behind that but you will find out later. This chapter is mainly about how Hattie kind of gets into trouble and I hope you like this setup so happy listening to part 7 of Tea with Trouble Hattie was alone in the house that Sunday her parents had gone to town to ask a specialist how much it would cost to repair the roof then they would visit Mr. O'Hare the village itself was turned upside down by the sudden appearance of Leon and the arrival of the Nouveau family. Hattie had caught a glimpse of Mr. and Mrs. Nouveau and thought it better to avoid the crowds. She hid in the quiet of her own room. She had collected the books in her room. Her own collection of books is very limited. Except for the two books by Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass, she had only a thick etiquette book in her possession. All the other books belonged to the library. She looked at the covers with a tender look. The etiquette book drew her closer over and over again. She could get so much support from those rules. How many times had she read about the correct arrangement of a dinner table, or how to deal with customers, or how to get in a lift? Suddenly she came across the brown book again. The dusty old document caught her eye, even though the light was dim. Hattie picked it up and put it on her bed. The book seemed to open automatically on a certain page. It was the introduction of the second chapter. Although you are not convinced after the first chapter, it may be better to put aside all prejudices and read on. This chapter covers the basics. Once again, I have to point out to you, the reader, the many treasures that the witch forest can offer you. However, not only the ingredients are important for the practice of magic. It is mainly the energy and pronunciation that brings the incantation to a successful conclusion. Hattie stopped reading. Magic? The book that had caught her attention was about magic. Was it disappointment. Although Hattie liked to read fiction, she had always disliked people who said they could do magic in real life. It was a stupid thing. Anyone with a brain knew that magic and wizardry did not exist. But something in the book and writing style spurred Hattie to continue reading. She had turned the pages back and started at the front. Indeed, after the first chapter, Hattie still didn't believe in magic. But she read on. It was a complicated thing. The writer, who started out interesting at first, went on and on and had long footnotes that you could only understand if you read a little further. It also sometimes explained simple things, including general laws of physics, but did not explain other things that Hattie did not understand. The second chapter 
was used to distinguish and practice basic spells and ingredients. It even contained spells that, according to the book, could be done by anyone. The third chapter went further into the use of energy. What struck Hattie was the tremendous caution with which this was discussed. Several times the book warned to practice a lot and examples were given in ways in which things could go wrong. Energy is the main ingredient of the incantation. Each spell costs the speaker energy. When more energy is used on the spell than the speaker has, the only possible outcome is death to the speaker. When the incantation consumes so much energy that it exceeds the natural shape limit, deformations of the body can occur. It is therefore a must to practice a lot. By exercising, the energy buffer is strengthened and enlarged and the chance of exceeding the shape limit or using too much energy is reduced. The fourth chapter was about using objects to achieve the goal. The further she read, the more difficult the spells became and the more footnotes and cautions in the margins were typed out. Here and there was some scribbling by a person, most likely the book's previous owner. The scribbles could not be read, though. Hattie closed the book. She still didn't believe it. But deep down, that book still tucked at her. Can you imagine that, Sultan? A spell that can make anything happen? Hattie asked her cuddly turtle. Sultan did not answer. It was still raining a few weeks later. Her father was busy coming up with the new witch tea, and Hattie was arranging flowers. This time, it was white tulips. She had a good day. She sang softly along with the music that came from the radio in the tea room. The day before, she had met Niles and Leon at the library. Leon still looked confused at times, but he said he was fine. He had even talked to Hattie about the tea room. He had spoken to her. Niles had been assigned as a content companion for Leon, which meant that someone else was also around. Hattie had seen Ingrid talking to Madame Lavender and then found out that Niles and Ingrid were a couple. The world is strange, she thought as she remembered that day. She was just putting the crystal tulip vase on the largest table in the tea room when the doorbell rang. She turned to welcome the customer, but froze halfway through the turn. Bonjour, Madame Hattie, said Phil, with a beaming smile. Hattie's enthusiasm of the day faded as quickly as it had come. She would prefer to avoid him, but her father was busy in the back. Moreover, they could use all the patronage they got. She considered using her smile, which she kept especially for difficult customers, but decided not to. Phil would only be encouraged by it. Good morning, she said finally. Phil had looked around with the air of a connoisseur and moved closer to Hattie. What bon chance that I will meet you, he said. Mais what do une belle madame do in a place like this? I work here, said Hattie, starting to get angry. This is my father's business. Oh, excusez, said Phil quickly. He looked around again. 
I was too uh, kidding at this era, très rustique. Hattie did not react. Phil took a seat at the large table where Hattie was busy with the flowers. The table itself was decorated with scenes of different tea rituals. Phil planted his elbow in a painted English teacup and began to follow Hattie with his eyes. Hattie herself had fished her notebook out of her apron and was displaying the menu in front of him. So, sir, what can it be? she asked in a business-like tone. Call me Phil, chérie, said Phil with a wink. When she didn't respond, he grabbed the menu and looked at it. What's that? You are in a tea room. We serve tea and cakes, organize high teas and deliver to your home. The letter from a certain amount, she said quickly, seeing a sparkle in his eye. Oh, aha. Phil tried to look at the list with interest, then pointed to something. How much is this? Had he followed his slender finger. That is for at least two people. Not all more, then you can accompany moi. Hattie, do you want me? Hattie's father stopped talking when he saw them. Hattie immediately tried to seize the opportunity. Yes, dad, how can I help? she asked, moving away. Her father did not answer, but walked over to the table where Phil was sitting. Welcome, he said cheerfully. Welcome to the White Lotus. I am Peter Theophilus, owner of the White Lotus and connoisseur of tea and cakes. Have you already made a choice? If your daughter wants to join, I would like to have this, said Phil, pointing to the menu. Hattie's father looked from his daughter to Phil and back again. His mouth dropped half open as he repeated the movement. Hattie shook her head almost imperceptibly. But of course, no. But of course, said her father cheerfully, only she has to help me with the preparations and when it gets busy, it is not possible. Not to Lamar, said Phil. He took out his wallet, took out a note and handed it to Hattie's father. All the rest. Without looking, her father took it. Thank you very much, Hattie. Will you come and help me in the kitchen? Perplexed, Hattie followed her father. In the kitchen, she started to hiss furiously. Daddy, you can't do this. I'm not going to sit at the table with him. Calm down, little cricket, he hushed. Please, pass me the butter. Hattie took the tub of softened butter and gave it to her father. That boy is out of his mind. He's cheeky and fake and... She couldn't get out of her words. She didn't want to tell her father that he had... She did not want to tell her father that he had called her a fat cow in French. Come on, Hattie, said her father. You don't even know him. I've met him before, and I know... She stopped talking when her father showed her her hundred dollar bill. At least he's not stingy. He happily continued to work, 
while Hattie stood sulking next to him and helped. The entire order was ready way too quickly. Hattie would have liked to slow down even more to get some time, but to no avail. Her father sometimes worked with the precision of a blind cow and messed around quite a bit, but he had invented a quick and efficient working method that made things right. He always told Hattie that he had learned the working method in the army. When we were forced to join the army, of course, he said proudly. Hattie had once asked her mother if it was true. The only answer she got was, he did indeed serve in the army. While preparing, Hattie tried all sorts of things, whispering excuses and reasons to her father as to not sit with Phil. Maybe that note is false, we have to get it tested at the bank, she hissed. You know I have a machine behind the counter to check bills. It is a real note, little cricket. Maybe he stole the money, maybe he's a thief. I don't think so, Hattie. Please, Dad. This man is clearly unstable. You don't want me to sit with someone like that, do you? He is a customer, and I think he's as stable as you or me. Don't worry, little cricket. What has he done to you? To this, Hattie did not answer. When she arrived with the tray, Phil was still sitting in the same place, this time studying the painted scene on the table. Especially the ladies in the painting interested him. Here is your order. Enjoy your tea, said Hattie, setting the tray down. She wanted to run away quickly, but Phil grabbed her arm. Hattie could already feel her hand clench into her fist. May Madame Hattie, that wasn't our agreement, he said, quickly releasing. You are to come with moi. He let his eyebrows dance and tried to look sultry. Hattie turned and started to say something, but she saw her father standing. He looked sternly at her from the doorway and motioned for her to sit. Reluctantly, she let her hand slack again and sat down at the table. Phil quickly bridged the remaining chairs and sat down next to her. Bo, said Phil cheerfully. He took the teacups tea and filled them to the brim with tea. Carefully, he pushed the cup towards Hattie. She looked at it. Phil splashed the sugar cube into his tea, causing a mini tsunami and a generous splash of tea over the cup. The once beautiful green teacup, decorated with white flowers, had his favorite, was covered with tea stains and the saucer was flooded. Phil slurped what was left in the cup and started on the treats that Hattie and her father had made by hand. Do you know, he said, grabbing a biscuit, before I found you, I thought you had flown away. Hattie frowned at her table companion. Sorry, I don't know what this is about. Uh, I thought an angel like you had fallen from the heavens and got back. He winked at her and leaned towards her. Hattie moved in the other direction. May I find you here maybe well to be with moi? There were the dancing eyebrows again. In the meantime, more customers had arrived. Madame Lavender and Mark O'Hare had already settled at their regular tables. Madame Lavender glanced at the scene next to her, but when Hattie looked back, she turned quickly. 
In addition, a group of girls had walked in. They had first looked in under the sunshade for 50 minutes, but finally decided to go in anyway. Hattie wanted to take this opportunity to get up, but her father came by. I am still fine, little cricket. You just sit here. Irritated, Hattie sat down again. Phil had poured himself a second cup of tea, or whatever he called it. The brown liquid now began to mix with the bread and cookie crumbs that had gathered around Phil. It wasn't that Phil ate sloppily, but rather that he broke the cookies in half instead of taking a little bite. He also did this with the sandwiches. Hattie was still sitting with her overflowing teacup. She listened because Phil talked on and on about anything. Pourquoi don't you drink your tea? It is very tasty. Moi did not know that there are any tea houses. This is also delicious. It tastes like cinnamon. You call that kind of cookie what? Uh, cinnamon cookies? Said Hattie with a flat face. My dad makes them every Tuesday. But they're really good, said Phil again. The girls, who did some kind of dance with the chairs and tried to get closer each time, giggled. When Phil looked their way, they began to talk to each other in hushed whispers.